welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast featuring top business leaders. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. Thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, they can write your book in a flash.com. Welcome, everyone. Our guest today is Eric Pelton. Welcome. Thanks, Dan. Eric, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm in a I'm a trademark attorney. I'm in Falls Church, Virginia, which is a few miles outside of Washington, DC, but I work with clients all over the country and all over the world to protect and build their brands and their brand names and their logos and slogans. I've been doing this on my own for 20 years, believe it or not. And before that, I was an examiner at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for about two years. Those are great credentials. I've known you for almost 20 years, too, so that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, And you've written a book. Tell us what your book is about. Yeah, I just recently published my first book called Building a Bold Brand, The Foundations of Trademark Protection. And my goal with the book was to take that 20 plus years of experience and all of the conversations I've had, all of the articles I've written, all of the presentations I've given, and distill the meat of it into one resource for business owners and marketing managers to learn about how to create and grow a strong brand from the start. Fantastic. I'm sure that's a topic that everyone who's listening will want to know more of. And we might touch on some of those trademark questions here. Uh, But you told me in in the green room that a lot of people for years have been coming up to you and asking you how to write a book and why you've written a book. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us what some of those questions are? I have my own questions, of course, but I'm curious to see what people in the field have to say to ask you. Yeah, yeah. Well, for funny, um, all of my neighbors and friends first, they ask, did you really write a book or did somebody else write it for you? And I say, <laughs> no, 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 no. I wrote the book. I wouldn't feel comfortable having somebody else write it for me. Of course, I had help along the way from a few people. Um, but yeah, the, the question I get the most often from other lawyers who are interested in writing books is, you know, just where do I start? How do I do it? Is it is it a mountain that I can climb? <laughs> and now I'm happy to be able to tell them that, yeah, if I can climb it, you can climb it. <laughs> Super. How did you scale that mountain? What made it easy or doable for you? Yeah, there were a couple of things I learned along the way that made it much more doable because for several years, I had tried on my own and I had basically never gotten farther than an outline and an introduction. And then every time I would do that, I realized, I thought I th- that it was going to be a tremendous amount of work. And by breaking it into smaller parts, by breaking it into sections and then chapters and working with some content that I had already created, it um, you know made it much more manageable and was able to say, okay, just knock out the first piece and then the second piece and then the third piece. And then you have the first section and you're a quarter of the way done. And it, you know, it, it took me time, but it did not take me nearly as much time as I um, had feared at the beginning. Fantastic. I tell my clients the same thing. Start with the outline. Actually, before start with the outline, we start with an executive summary. So we know exactly 
what the book's purpose is from you from a marketing point of view what do you want the book to do for you and then what do you what would a reader find from the book how would they benefit from the book and why are you the right person to write the book so from there it becomes pretty easy to focus but if you don't have that then it's really difficult to get your arms around what could be a very big topic now eric you you've written a book that could be really deep in the weeds for people who don't have law degrees. And I'm sure you didn't write it for lawyers, you wrote it for normal people. How do you take difficult concepts or difficult legal concepts and make it manageable for people? Because every time I speak to a lawyer and ask them a question, the, 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 the answer usually starts with, well, it depends. Oh, yes, of different course. Scenarios, which is fine. They're, they're, they're doing their due diligence and professional uh, uh, practice. Uh, but how, how did you decide to do something complex and make it easy yeah. for people to understand. So I try to avoid the, it depends. And the, my first kind of rule in doing so is I like to talk about in general and focus on what the proposition or the law is for the 99% of the businesses that don't meet the exception or the odd circumstance. And of course, when a lawyer might be in a, in a legal representation, they might have to cover that 1% circumstance. In general, when advising people so they can learn about the topic, I can just say, in general, here's what it is and how it applies. And yeah, there may be other circumstances, but we don't need to get to that because it's so rare. And over the years, I've really had to work to hone my writing and my videos and my messaging to number one, consider the audience, which is business owners. And they don't want to hear that legal jargon and focus on what what would I ask and what information would I want to hear if I were the business owner receiving this information? And then focusing on taking away that lawyer filter that took me so many years to build up of going to law school and mm-hmm. initially as a young attorney wanting to sound experienced and serious and taken for real when I was around other lawyers and stripping all of that away. And I got to give a lot of credit to um, – My friend Chad Barr, who's worked with me on a lot of my marketing and my website for really helping me focus that message and strip away that filter. Very interesting. What tips did he have? What tips? I've interviewed Chad as well. Um, What tips did he share with you? Do you remember? Because you're in legal and you have your own jargon, but there are people listening who have their own HR jargon or marketing jargon or management jargon so or bureaucratic jargon um i i i i developed i worked with a, a gentleman in the dc area who was uh he taught people how to sell to the government and you want jargon man we did <laughs> we did a jargonectomy <laughs> what advice would you have yeah so i you know i think it's again focusing on what is the message and who is the audience and then, you know, it's okay. I think it's okay sometimes when I drop in some legalese to show that I, I, I can operate in that world too. But when I'm talking to you, when I'm talking to a business owner about why they should protect their trademark or how they should build their brand, they don't want to hear the legalese. They're go, I, I don't want them to tune out um, because I've been to plenty of presentations by lawyers where they get way down in the weeds too far and they use terms that are too technical and they argue over, but for this exception in this limited circumstance. And I know that business owners, number one, they don't have time for that. Number two, they don't care. At the end of the day, 
when people come to me for information and for guidance and for counsel, they really just want to know, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And I've been lucky in that I've been able to operate between two worlds as being an attorney and advising them, but also being a small business owner myself, having started this small law practice with a handful of employees um, and a small office 20 years ago and building and managing that allows me to put myself in their shoes. Also, I benefit my wife owns two small businesses that are restaurants, totally different from operating a law firm, but in fact, much more likely to be similar to what my clients are facing who are often small businesses and all of those issues. And so I can always run something through her as a filter um, or think about what, what would she want to know if this was a topic she needed to learn about? Fantastic. Did she read the book or did you have other people read the book or give you feedback before you went to press? Yeah. So I had a few other people look at different parts of the book and I actually had a local um, friend who is a copywriter and editor by trade. And I know her because of our, our kids go to school together. And so I hired her to help me edit, stay on track. And so not only was it valuable in making sure that my grammar was correct, making sure that my message was not too lawyerly, but I use her as an accountability partner also, which was tremendously valuable because you know, my schedule is always full and there's always something that I could be doing now that would be helping a client and not focusing on writing the book or writing a blog post or creating a podcast. It helped me carve out the time that I needed to work on the book. So I would meet with her during the process and I would work on writing the next section while she was editing the prior section. And we would sit down together in a coffee shop and I found that that really is what saved me and got the book done. Fantastic. Uh, as a developmental editor, I do the same things with my clients. And it's amazing what a deadline will do or having an accountability partner. And I know that if, uh, if I'm meeting with a client on Tuesday morning, sure enough, late on Monday night, they will have sent me a file. And But if we didn't have that meeting, the book would never get done. So uh, it's funny how little tricks like that, to use the word trick, uh, little tactics, devices can really spur people to, to action. So that's fantastic. Um, what, do you have any other help in writing or editing the book? How did you handle, say, the copy, uh, copy editing and proofreading and layout? How did you that was the only other help. I had people mm -hmm. in my office and a couple of other colleagues um, mm -hmm. read it to make sure that it flowed well and that I didn't make any mistakes when I was talking about the law. Mm -hmm. um, and I had help from Chad and his team with the graphics. And there's a lot of visuals in the book because in, on my website, in my marketing in general, I um, use a lot of process visual type materials and other visuals. And I wanted to incorporate some of that into the book as well. So they helped me with that. Great. Can you give me an example of a process visual that a lawyer would use? That, would, that a writer or a consultant or a coach in our audience would find useful? Yeah, yeah. So I use analogies that we're all familiar with all the time, and I like to visualize them. I'm a very visual learner, um, or it, it really sticks with me a lot more when I see something visually. So uh, just recently, one of my visuals that I came up with was uh, the trademark fortress. And I drive by the Pentagon relatively frequently, being in the Washington suburbs here. And 
So I'm, I'm always fascinated with the building and the shape of the Pentagon. And so it's the image of a Pentagon and five sides and five key concepts of trademark protection, like proper use of the mark, proper registration of the mark, proper search and clearance of the mark. And the, uh, the analogy that a defense is only as good as, you know, the weakest link in the system and that you have to protect all of those sides in order to have a strong brand and a well-protected trademark. So those are the kind of visuals that I love. Um, I've gotten really positive feedback on them as well, resonating with uh, people who've seen them on my website and social media. Right. That, that's a fantastic example. Why do you think people respond so positively to, to process visuals? I mean, if you look at most books, 99.9% of the book is text. And you're lucky if you get a picture or just some white space. I know that you and Chad are, are great proponents of having art in a book. What, what is it about art that just uh, is a, a better way of learning? I think that people are inundated with words these days. I know I am staring in front of a computer, reading emails, writing emails, and I'm trying to think more and more, could this be best, better done in a video or in a visual? I know in communicating with clients now, I'm incorporating more videos and referring to my visuals and podcasts because I I find that, you know, to explain something legally often takes several paragraphs. And I think that a lot of people are intimidated when they just see several paragraphs in a row of text explaining something that's complex and to do it in another format, at least to make the make it available to some people in another format is really beneficial, particularly as we're more and more inundated with words. Fantastic. I have a number of process visuals in my book as well. And I also teach people to use bullet points and lists and anything to break up the, 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 the big wall of type. So that's great information. Uh, let's switch to marketing for a few minutes. Uh, how did you market the book and how did you how do you get clients from the book? So I'm marketing the book in a few different ways. I've created a website, buildingaboldbrand.com, where people can learn about the book and um, you know, access and purchase the book. There's also a uh, portal on that site into some exclusive content just for people who have bought the book. So some additional videos, articles, process visuals that I created and made sort of member only for people who've purchased the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I have ordered a significant volume of the books in paperback for myself to send to referral sources, good colleagues, good clients that have had over the years. I like to send my best clients every year or two a little bonus present or something that also reinforces my marketing. So over the years, I've sent them coffee mugs. I've sent them sunflower seeds because I use a lot of flowers in my marketing. Um, Sunflower seeds that are branded with my logo on them, on the packaging and things like that. So I am planning to this spring, send them the book, send them a uh, little handwritten note with it explaining why I've written the book and why I'm sending the book to them. I'm now going to add some value as we're in this interesting time where brands are facing a crisis with the health crisis and the um, coronavirus spreading throughout the country that I'm going to, on the back of that card, I've actually come up with some new content 
for five tips to help brands manage in a time of crisis. And I'm going to provide that as extra you know, material for everybody who receives, who I'm sending the physical copy to. Fantastic. Uh, when did the book come out? The book just came out in uh, early March. Oh, so it's too soon to see how effective your marketing efforts have been so far. Yeah, I mean, I obviously blasted social media and LinkedIn and my blog and my newsletter the week it came out. I was pleased it immediately went to number one in the trademark law section on Amazon. Yeah. That's a relatively small section, but it also went into the to the top 10 on some other business law um, and intellectual property categories on Amazon. So that's been good. And um, I've also made the Kindle price significantly cheaper um, to encourage people to buy the Kindle version. Okay. Um, did you self-publish? I, yeah, I self-published through uh, Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing, or yeah. I found it's it currently. Be, yeah, I found it to be a very easy and useful service. Uh, if you have any tips on things that you found a little difficult and then uh, made easier, or was it just a, a, a fill-in-the-blank template and it was easy as anything? Um, no, it was it was easy. Again, I used uh, Chad Barr and my marketing team to help me through some of the logistics on that. Um, it was very easy. It's wonderful once it's up there and you can easily log into the account and make tweaks to the description and the categories and the pricing. Um, you know, for me, I'm not looking to obviously profit a lot from the book itself. I'm happy the more people read it. And that's a boost to my credibility and any revenue that comes from the book is great. Um, but to me, it's, I've heard the, you know, the term, uh, an expensive or glorified business card. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, but I'm just, I'm happy to share the information. I've always taken the, uh, philosophy for many years now to get content out there in all different formats appearing on podcasts, making videos, writing articles and blog posts. I'm not worried about giving away too much free information. The more free information I give away, the more I think people realize, oh, that is a complicated subject and Eric is an expert. And if I'm going to hire someone, I should hire Eric. Perfect. Great. Uh, so it's with the end of the interview time. So tell us, who is the perfect client for you and how can they get in touch with you so they can become your client? The perfect client for me is a small or medium-sized business in any industry who is either launching a, a new business or a new brand um, or has one and realizes that they've invested so much, their business is tied so much to their name and their logo and their brand, and it's unprotected. And it's never too late to take steps to correct that and to go about applying to register with the USPTO and take all of the other steps that we work with our clients to ensure that their brands are properly protected. And, and the costs are much less than people would um, probably think they are, even to work with an attorney to do it. It's not an outrageous cost. Right. And uh, what, what which website should they go to? Or actually give us, give us both websites, the book website. Yeah, so the book website, website is buildingaboldbrand.com. And my website is Eric Pelton. That's E-R-I-K-P-E-L-T-O-N. I'm blessed that that's a fairly unique name. So if you just search for 
Eric Pelton trademark. You'll find not only my website, but all of my social media and every, everything about me. Fantastic. Thank you, Eric. And thanks to everyone for listening to the Write Your Book in the Flash podcast, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookintheflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.